and welcome to Podcasts Are Wonderful, episode 31. Today we're going to be talking... Oh, My name is Greggy, and today we're going to be talking about Trends with Benefits, episode 14, featuring Gabe Dannon, Agata Monica, July Diaz, and Sean Clements. But first, we're going to talk to my guest. This gentleman is a huge figure in the world of technology. You might know him as the CEO of SpaceX, CEO of Tesla Motors, and um, he does a thing called Solar City that I see on Wikipedia. And also he was a co-founder of PayPal. He's a, done a ton of things and uh, I'm super excited to have him here on the show. So please welcome Elon Musk to the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, hello, people. Uh, and actually I... Uh... You describe me as a figure in uh, technology, and I would take a, a slight exception to that. I think I'm a little bit more more general now. Oh, okay. So how how would you prefer that I just as a figure? I uh, like to think of myself as uh, just uh, the intersection between being an entrepreneur and a futurist. I see. Yeah, I didn't mention um, the business end of your. Uh, you know, your career, but you definitely have a, a ton of uh, uh, success in that area. Yeah, I uh, actually uh, made my fortune uh, with another company you didn't even mention uh, called Zip2. I uh, was purchased by Compaq. I've been a millionaire since I was uh, 25 years old, and I like to think of that as my major accomplishment. The money? Well, uh, the um, the money represents my contribution to society and hopefully my lasting contribution to society. I see. So what did Zip2 do then? Uh, Zip2 was a, a web software company that I, I started with my brother Kimball and uh, it developed and marketed an internet uh, sort of city guide for the newspaper publishing industry. And we sold it to Compaq for a about $307 million in cash. Uh, and I was able to get 7% of that uh, personally, actually. Wow. So how much, how big was that pile of cash then that they gave you? Well, um, I like to think of myself as a pretty good uh, uh, numbers guy. And uh, so 7% of that works out to about uh, $22 million, which is sort of the start of my fortune. So like in a wagon or... How did the cash come? Oh, uh, no, it's a, a direct bank wire, actually. Oh, I see. When you get that kind of money, uh, what is the first thing you do with it? Me, personally, I I don't rest. You know, I've, I've uh, started about five companies since then. What I like to do is uh, use that money to fund uh, new projects. So I immediately started on PayPal and uh, worked on that for a while. And eventually, you know, SpaceX and uh, the Hyperloop and, uh, of course, Tesla and SolarCity and a few of my, my newer projects that aren't yet announced. I think actually um, podcasting is uh, a very new and exciting thing. And I think um, people like you are very uh, innovative. But what I tend to do when I enter a new industry is uh, think about how it can be revolutionized 15 years from now. I see. So what, what do you think is the next big step for podcasting? Okay. So uh, let me try to do a method I really prefer to do with people who work under me and do uh, what's called Socratic questioning. So who makes podcasts right now? Um, let's see. Hmm. Like... Chris Hardwick, 
Scott Ackerman, uh, Mark Marin, uh, me, these guys, Gabe Dannon and them. Uh-huh. And, so, uh, and, you know, and they have everybody here. And so if you, if you sort of aggregate the qualities of uh, these podcast makers, what sort of do you come to? Well, uh, I saw this movie by Kevin Pollack that said that you have to be miserable. So maybe it's really sad people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, e- even more generally, if you can think a little bit farther outside of the box. Okay, so like living people. Yes, living people make podcasts. Great. How can we change that? Now, it's not going to be today. I don't solve today's problems tomorrow. I solve this year's problems in 10 years. Okay. So I'm big, in, I'm big into artificial intelligence. You know, I, my background is still within uh, computing. And so I was having a tea party over at Mark Zuckerberg's house last week in Palo Alto Actually, Menlo Park, he'd uh, he'd be pretty upset with me. And we decided we've got these amazing machine learning algorithms that can predict how people would think. They can predict what friends you want to make next. It tells you who you should friend on Facebook. And it's getting better than people uh, at knowing what they want. It knows what you want better than you do. It serves you the ads you don't know you want. It gives you the people you don't know you want. So if we can train these machine learning algorithms with deceased people and perhaps even non-people, then they can create podcasts. Okay. So, so we're talking about ghost casts here, huh? Ghost is a, a very specific term for a spirit of a person that's living after them. When really, I like to demystify the term ghost from the from these are really algorithms that are uh, making these podcasts. So the ghosts don't actually have anything to do with it. Are the podcasts for the ghosts? Well, okay. Here's the second part of the idea. Who listens to podcasts right now? So I think living people again. Yeah, humans, right? I see. Okay. What fraction of the organisms on this planet are human? Oh, not that big. I heard there's like millions of ants for every person. Yeah, it actually works out to even under 50% of organisms are are humans. So we're missing out on this huge market of non-humans that we could be serving these podcasts to. And so what I'm thinking is we market them to dogs. We market them to uh, horses. We market them to apes, non-human apes. And I'm sorry, humans are apes. And then maybe even in 50 years, we can market them to ants. I like where you're going with this. This is a great idea. I just hope they all think that podcasts are wonderful or a good podcast. Is there anything you can teach me to, to do on the podcast to, to make it appeal to, to like a answer? The, uh, horses or? You, you are as a living human making a podcast. You are a, a, a dying breed. And I'm, I'm afraid to give you this difficult truth, but I'm, I'm very comfortable myself personally with difficult truths. You are a dying breed. It's going to be all machine learning algorithms that will learn what dogs want, what horses want, what ants want to hear about on their weekly podcast downloads. So you really, uh, if you want to get in on ground level with this, what you have to do is, uh, instead of being a human, be an algorithm. Think like an algorithm would think. So I should just enjoy my last couple of years 
and do what I can for the humans. And then um, just rest assured that I'm going to be buried uh, coming up in 10 years or so with all your algorithms that you've got coming up down the pipeline. How many podcasts a week can you record? Oh, I'd say like maybe three or four or something like that. Three or four or something like that. You're you're limited by so many, so many things, practical limitations of humans. You have to record at 1x speed. You have to uh, sleep and eat and you can't record while you're doing that. Machine learning algorithms have none of these limitations. We're not, we're not talking about a 2x improvement in po- podcast efficiency. We're talking about a hundred X, a thousand X, a million X improvement in podcast recording efficiency here. Okay. So even if, you know, the vast majority of the podcasts that these computers are making aren't very good, you're just coming out with so many of them that they're going to appeal to some kind of being out there. It's a learning algorithm. So initially, Yes, it's it's basically it starts without much ability to discern what's good, what people will like and what people won't like. You'll get some of our early prototypes. There's a podcast that just talks about what color lampshades are good for houses in San Mateo, California. Okay, that has not done well on iTunes so far. It's not what people want to hear yet. But then we refined it a little bit. And now it's talking about, okay, what color walls do people like? And then we're getting a little bit where we're. Uh, organically moving closer to what is going to be a smash hit podcast. And I don't know, no one knows where that one is going to optimize. Maybe it'll be on what color tables people want in their houses in Northern California. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it'll be on what color uh, dishes dogs want and dogs will like this podcast. I, I, I don't know yet. The prototypes are rough, but we'll get there. I understand that we've got all these algorithms and things that are going to do much better than I can. So what is my role in uh, the podcast of the future? Just as a, as a consumer, should I pack up immediately and quit? Or what do you think? We What we're doing is we're, we don't want to entirely put the industry out of work. What we, we, but we don't want to hold back the industry either. So what we're doing is we're we're developing this piece of software that you can install on your computer. You run a, a Windows machine. That's right. Okay, you're gonna have to get a Linux machine, but it, it don't worry, it'll work fine. It's really good. And then you'll download this software, and it'll ask you a series of questions. It'll ask you a series of yes or no questions, and uh, it'll take an indeterminate amount of time to uh, converge. But the end product will be, and it could be an hour, it could be 10 years, it'll keep asking you these questions. The end product will be an algorithm that is you. That is what the podcast you would make, the, 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 you, you make jokes, the types of jokes you might make. And then you can publish 100, 200, 500 podcasts a week with any guests you want. You just plug your algorithm into someone else's algorithm. That's amazing. That's exactly what I've been looking for. It's hard to get guests sometimes, and that would make things really easy for me. Yeah, guests are just other people's algorithms. Instead of doing whatever it is we're doing now, I could have sent you this file. It's just a computer file. It's just a, it's just a .txt file that is my algorithm, and you just plug it into your application and then publish. You tell it how many episodes of this podcast you want, and it does them. Okay, so this kind of reminds me of that movie Chappie, okay? You put your uh, brain onto a thumb drive, and then you could use it to make uh, all kinds of podcasts and things. Um, Would I be able to put all these algorithms into, like, a robot body and then do crimes with it? 
That's uh, generation two. That's V 2.0 actually. So uh, 2.1 is uh, just called Chappy Cast is the application. Uh, I'm I'm actually South African initially. I have Canadian citizenship now. So uh, Chappie was a pretty tight inspiration for me. And what it does is Chappiecast 1.0 will just be the software side of it. Chappiecast 2.0, we're working with this wonderful company called Boston Dynamics. I was just over uh, having a slumber party with their CEO. And we were talking about the opportunities to have algorithms control robots. And then they can do live podcast recordings at perhaps UCB or even uh, other venues like, uh, I don't know, what's another venue? Well, you, you could maybe uh, put it right into like your Roomba or something and do it right at home. Downloadable personalities, and then they'll record podcasts uh, in your house, a personalized show of uh, podcasts are wonderful with with uh, with Greggy and whoever you some someone who's de- George Washington could be on your podcast. That's well, that would be a dream. Uh, yeah, I, I've always wanted to interview someone with wooden teeth, so I can't wait until that is possible. Now, remember this: this would be this is software. There, there's no wooden teeth here. Uh, it, it's uh, how do I explain? It's just an algorithm. So it wouldn't be able to simulate wooden teeth at all, though. You, you, there may be some aftermarket uh, chappy type uh, chappy model with wooden teeth, and you could plug the George Washington algorithm into that chappy, and then okay, and then you would sort of have what you want. I mean, really, anything is possible. Tell me about SpaceX, like. Could I go to space if I wanted to? And I and I had uh, you know an Elon Musk pile of money in my bank account. SpaceX is my venture. So I, I'll explain. I, I I assume not everyone knows. SpaceX is my venture where I'm trying to put things into space. Basically, take thing. We have things on Earth, and we think, okay, where do we have things? We go, okay, we have things on Earth. Do we have things in space? Well, not really. So I think, how do we solve that problem? Okay, that's where SpaceX comes in. And we're building rockets and we're building uh, other types of rockets and uh, even some um, disposable rockets that we're building, just all sorts of rockets. And then they'll take things up to space and then we'll have things in space and on Earth. And that's twice what we had before. Wow, that's like uh, another one of these algorithm things. I mean, we started out with just things on Earth then we have double the things, you know, uh, I, I maybe don't understand what algorithms are, but rocket, is there anything else besides a rocket that, that could take us to space? We're, we have a very experimental research division of SpaceX. I mean, most people would consider SpaceX uh, experimental on, it, on its own, but by my standards, it's actually a pretty conventional business. It builds rockets and we shoot them into space and now we have things in space. Uh, we have an experimental division that's working on other things. You may have heard of things such as the space elevator. We're building a space elevator right now in Brazil. Oh, you are? We're building it right now. It's under construction. The labor costs in Brazil happen to be very advantageous, and there's a great supply of uh, inexpensive lumber there. And we're building a space elevator right now that we expect to be completed in 2065. Wow, that's amazing. So uh, you mentioned the price of lumber. Um, You're building this out of wood? Well, wood is an important component. I, I have 
despite my my futurist and technological backgrounds, uh, I, I have a healthy skepticism of technology. And in any way possible, I like to maintain some organic quality in my creations. Uh, I think technology uh, can get out of hand. So uh, we're, it's going to be 40% wood. And I think that will protect us from this technology getting out of hand. I see. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you want to build these futuristic things, fine, but let's let's do it the way grandma would have back in the day, you know? Yes. Uh, this is grandma's space elevator. Yes, I. that's very clever. <clears throat> like I asked before, is it is it possible for private citizens to go to space via SpaceX, or is that still not quite there yet? We can very, very easily send you to space. We cannot very easily do this uh, in America. We could fly you down to Brazil and then send you to space in one of our rockets, but then we could never do business in America again. Okay, I see. So I think what I'll do is um, I'll get out in the backyard with some two by fours and stuff and just build myself a space suit. And then maybe I'll, I'll just take myself down to Brazil and we'll see what happens. The, the, the issue, it's a legal issue where sending someone to space is, it, it can be considered murder. Even if they, it doesn't matter what papers they sign. The American judicial system still has precedent that says if a company takes actions that results in the death or a permanent separation of an individual, that that counts as murder. So we, we have to be very careful about what we do. All right, fine. You can't send people to space. I get it. It'll happen once our alg- we're developing an algorithm that will essentially be a lawyer that can instantly outsmart any other lawyer. It's a, it's a learning <laughs> algorithm. And it's right now in sort of a, an alpha state where it's uh, maybe as good as a first-year law student. It could, it could easily outsmart a high school debate student, for example. Uh, and then once we get it to 100x, 1,000x, a million x, the ability to think fast, to do research fast, to reason fast, to just run intellectual circles around any lawyer. Who's the smartest lawyer you know? Oh, that'd be Matlock, of course. Imagine Matlock a million times as good at being oh a lawyer. Oh, my God. Just imagine the power we would wield. We could just instantly say, Supreme Court, here are here is our opening argument. Here is our uh, decision tree of every possible counterargument and all of our counter-counter arguments to that uh, and back and forth and just map out the entire chart of the case and prove that no matter what happens, we uh, win. At that point, they will be able to over- we'll be able to overturn any ruling we want wow. and then we can send you to space. It's funny, when you first started talking, I thought uh, the algorithm you must be using to make uh, the rockets better and things like that. But it's cool that you, that you uh, turn to the legal side. That's a, a good idea. Algorithms can solve any problem. Absolutely. For example, uh, my first marriage to Justine, uh, what happened was uh, we were married for eight years and we had six children and one of them died. Okay. And then uh, I improved. I, 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 I am sort of an algorithm and I improved. And then my second wife, Tallulah, uh, famous uh, English actress, we got married twice. Okay. Okay. 
I have become twice as efficient in just 10 years. Okay. Imagine in another 10 years, my, my third wife, I can marry her four times and have 26, uh, excuse me, 24 sons. Wow. This is the type of get up to like your 12th wife or something like that. Uh, You're not going to be able to do anything, but get married all the time. It becomes intractable at that point. This is, this is the type of exponential improvement, exponential uh, growth and optimization that algorithms can provide that computation can provide. This is the future by 2070. I will be the parent of 80% of people on earth. (laughs) That is truly amazing. We haven't even gotten a chance to talk about uh, the Tesla, the Tesla cars. I know that they have like batteries. Are those rechargeable or do I have to, you know, keep buying triple uh, A's down at the Walgreens? <laughs> well, where, where, where do you live? I live in Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so I, I talk a lot about things happening in, in the future. I, I optimize for the long term. I optimize for the 10, the 20, the 50 years down the road. Okay. So uh, I, Tesla is my vision uh, for automobiles 10 years from now. Okay. And California is actually already 10 years in the future. Okay. Michigan is 10 years in the past. So you don't have Tesla. You don't, you don't even have uh, rechargeable batteries yet. And it's, uh, you'll get there. Um, so this may be difficult for you to comprehend, but you actually, uh, you have wall outlets in most of the rooms. Yes. Uh, of course we, we're not rich. We don't have them in our bedrooms or in the toilet or anything, but, uh, yeah, the living room, the kitchen, uh, we've got one in each of those. Okay. So imagine your car runs out of gas. Uh, do you buy a new car? Uh, no, actually, I usually just uh, buy gas. So uh, exactly, and and so uh, what you can do with a Tesla is uh, uh, when the the charge runs out, and it, it you know it goes about three hundred miles, and in in twenty years it'll be able to go about uh, forty five thousand miles on a single charge. But right now it's about three hundred miles, so you know you, it runs out occasionally. You plug it in overnight, and it charges. I see. So I I thought I'm sorry. This was just my ignorance. I thought you just uh, ran the AAA batteries down the the gas where you would put gas in a normal car. Please don't try that. That will ruin your engine. You you really should uh, have a better algorithm for how you treat your car. So what are you looking at for the future? Like you've got all these different companies. You have more in the works. Uh, You have more like uh, new technologies you want to work into. Mm-hmm. I, I have some really big plans. So I mean, th- there's some things that I'm working on that are public, you know, Hyperloop, being able to move around California in, in about 20 minutes is great. My futuristic podcast, my Chappie cast system is, is in the works. Uh, there are other uh, domains, there are other sectors I'm trying to revolutionize. So, so think, think about banking, for example. Okay. So who, uh, who primarily are the people opening bank accounts? Uh, people without bank accounts. Uh, yeah. Be more general. So, generally, what what type of thing opens a bank account? A human being. Humans. Exactly. Imagine the limitation this is. The market, again, under fifty percent of the organisms on this planet are able to open bank accounts. This market could be doubled without problem. So, we're working on a banking solution that is banking for algorithms. 
where algorithms will be able to bank. So they'll just do like transactions with each other to, to find out what the optimized uh, banking transaction is. Uh, they'll just, okay, picture 2080. The year is 2080, okay? Hyperloop was a massive success. In Michigan or California? 2080, uh, which would be 2090 in California and 2070 in Michigan. Okay. Uh, so, so Hyperloop is a massive success. I'm able to travel all around California visiting my 50,000 sons and my 40 wives. Okay. Imagine in this future, you have a near infinite number of podcasts to listen to. Chappycast is a massive success. Okay. These algorithms are publishing these, these Chappycasts on Chappytunes and they're making money on these. Okay. So these algorithms need to do something with this money. They can't hold it. They can't physically hold it. <laughs> Algorithms are not physical beings. They need to put it somewhere. They need somewhere into which they can transfer these funds. So these algorithms will be able to go to Chappie Bank and deposit their money that way. Now imagine that future. Wow, that sounds amazing. So in this in this future world, uh, people make money on podcasts? Yes, that is well, the... I, I apologize, algorithms do. Yes, you're correct. People will no longer make money on podcasts. They will simply be outcompeted. They will not be able to make podcasts as wonderful. Year over year, the year over year growth in quality and volume of podcasts is going to be more than 100%. Every year, you will listen to the newest What Color Table is Good in, in Northern California podcast episode. And you'll think a year ago, this was not even half as good as it is now. And you'll be able to hear the virtual podcasts are wonderful episodes where you're interviewing uh, George Washington. Washington, where you're interviewing Genghis Khan, where you're, you're interviewing a dog. Uh, and these will be unfathomably higher quality and higher volume than that. So humans will be outcompeted in the podcast industry and in the banking industry. And really, there will be no room left in 2080 for humans to do podcasts or banking. By 2080, will there be any room for humans to do anything? <laughs> Uh, so what will happen in my vision, and I have been correct in 98% of my futuristic visions so far in my life. In 2080, I will have 50,000 sons in California. The population of California will be about 60,000. It'll be about 10,000 of my my non-descendants and, and about half of them will be, will have at one point have been my wife. <laughs> and what will happen is we are the ones making money off of these algorithms. So we will actually outcompete the non-Musk clans, uh, families, excuse me, uh, and they will be forced to leave California. In the rest of the world, will people be doing, you know, pretty much the same things they've always been, or will they also be uh, competed out of the markets? Well, you have to remember, California is about 10 years ahead of time, and, and pretty much the rest of the world is uh, is well behind that. So uh, Michigan, for example, uh, may have an extra 20 years uh, before it is entirely my own descendants uh, living in Michigan. And it would honestly, it would be the ones that aren't maybe as high quality, maybe the ones coming from my first wife, where I only married her once, uh, they might be the ones who would choose to live in Michigan. Uh, and also Michigan in by, by 2112, uh, and that is not a Rush reference. I don't like the band Rush. They will be populated mostly by my lesser sons 
and by auto manufacturing algorithms. Okay, great. So this all sounds really uh, interesting. I can't wait to see all this come true. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we get to the podcast? Yes, I have one more business I'd like to talk about. It's very exciting. Oh, great. Think about trees, okay? Okay. Trees, the the tall wooden plants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Who lives in trees? Uh, I think probably squirrels. Squirrel, yes, exactly. Squirrels and birds and uh, some types of chipmunks, perhaps, and and monkeys and uh, etc. Now imagine what fraction of the world do you think is able to live in a tree? Hmm, uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a, I don't have a guess for that. It actually works out to under fifty percent of the world is is the correct type of organism to live in a tree. And imagine how much of the potential market we're missing there. So, uh, I think that what what we're working on now is a type of algorithmic tree that will be able to support all types of life. It will be able to support humans and and uh, all the other types of apes. It will be able to support bacteria. It will be able to support uh, l- literally any type of life. Will be able to live in a tree. And what we're calling these chappy trees. Well, that sounds great, but then uh, what are you going to make space elevators out of? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know what? What's that? No, it's fine. <laughs> you can make it out of like clay bricks or something. Mm, maybe bones. <laughs> oh, it has to be yeah. organic. Yeah, because uh, they'd give it a good use for all the people that are uh, being displaced by you know, your descendants and algorithms. That's true. Once algorithms and musks take over, perhaps we can use the bones from the mass graves to build the space elevator. That is a truly wonderful future. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This week on the comments section for episode 24 featuring Wiley Coyote, where we talked about Doug Love's movies, Jubbs said, I was hoping you'd discuss Mr. Coyote's past pain pill addiction. First of all, everyone take note of the great thing Jubbs did. He commented on an episode, what a great guy. Secondly, Jubbs, when you have an artist with such a huge body of work and so many life experiences like Mr. Coyote, it can be hard to get everything in on one interview. I would love to get him back on the show anytime to talk about it, and I guarantee for your sake that I will be sure to ask him next time on. In iTunes reviews news, Super Pete left us a five-star iTunes review so beautifully written it moved me to tears. Will Super Pete be revered in the years to come as one of the gods of American literature among the likes of Ernest Hemingway, Kurt Vonnegut, and Stephen King? Only time will tell, but I would say if he can stave off the hordes of potential bedmates pounding at his door at all hours of the day and night long enough to get anything written, he will. Or possibly he will make scientific breakthroughs allowing us to live forever, cure cancer, solve world hunger, or enlarge our penis. All of this and more is possible when it comes to a mind like that belonging to Super Pete, mankind's greatest hope. Thanks for the review. If you haven't left a review yet, dear listener, why not do so now and join the Pantheon of Titans alongside the likes of Super Pete, GatGat69, and Turbo Baby Shakes. This week's podcast was brought to you by a generous grant from the Tim Treese Foundation. Go to timsvlog.org and enter the code GREGGY to get a whole bunch of great videos for free. Check out the founder of the Tim Treese Foundation, Tim Treese himself, on all the best social media sites, including at TimRules54 on Twitter, that's T-I-M-R-U-L-Z-5-4, on Snapchat as 
Tom Brady is goat, all one word, no spaces, and Facebook.com slash Flazzle, F-L-A-Z-Z-L-E. His videos can also be found at YouTube.com slash TimRules54. Again, T-I-M-R-U-L-Z-5-4. Listen, folks, you know I'd never advertise anything on this show that I don't stand behind at least like 75%. And with this Tim Tree stuff, I'm up at like high 90s or so. It's that good shit. I'd suggest you go back and check out the Earwolf Table unboxing video on timsvlog.org to get your feet wet and then explore from there. Hashtag Team Trees for Life. The Tim Trees Foundation. Making tomorrow's content today. And multiple times they've cut to Bieber and the whole place starts booing him. Are you sure they're not saying Biebs? Biebs? Yes. They're trying to say beebs, but they can't formulate the word. I'm sure of it. And then other people think the other people are saying boo, but they're really saying beebs. Okay, so, all right. So here's a scenario that could be happening, is there's a very small contingent of people who are doing the boo, beeb, the beebs thing that mm-hmm. you described, mm-hmm. and that Everyone else is taking their cue off of those people who are failing to form the word they want to and booing him. Yeah, that's possible. But I've not seated close enough to that group if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I can't vouch for it. Well, I've been there and I've definitely been in the group saying beebs. <laughs> OK, which game? Uh, Lakers, Spurs. Did anybody dunk? Oh, I was saying Clippers games. <laughs> he was there for a Lakers game, too. The Clippers game you went to was Lakers-Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Clippers didn't show up. Spurs showed up. <laughs> Got to get an L.A. basketball team yep. in your stat. So this week, we are talking about Trends with Benefits, episode 14, featuring Gabe Dannon, Agata Monica, July Diaz, and Sean Clements. And Trends with Benefits is a show where uh, Gabe and Agata and July talk about different things that are going on in their lives. Uh, They do some different segments like Ask Agata or July's Funny Pages. And then they talk about what's trending in the news. Uh, It seems like mostly from the little trending tab in Facebook or maybe on Twitter. They have a guest on and talk to them about their relationship with the trends and uh, what's going on in their lives. And it's a fun show. You should go check it out. What did you think? Did you enjoy the show? Yes, it was... uh, For humans, it was an extremely enjoyable episode of that podcast. Okay, great. Since the the television show Mad Men went off the air, uh, I'm trying a new segment out because I used to do this segment called Ad Men, uh, which was talking about the different ads. But now that... Mad Men is off the air. I feel like people won't understand the reference and I will have to do a lot more explaining about uh, how Ad Men worked. So I just decided to do away with that segment. And uh, so we're going to do a new segment and that is called Fan Name. 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 Names. And that's where we're going, you and I, Elon, uh, we're going to try and come up with some different names that uh, Gabe and Agata in July could call their listeners. Uh, sort of like how on Who Charted, they call their listeners Chartists. Or uh, on Professor Blastoff, they call their listeners Blastronauts. And uh, so, Paul Russ calls his fans Maniacs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does do that. We could go off 
say the name of the podcast, Trends with Benefits, uh, maybe a host, something like that. So I'm just going to throw it out there to begin with Trendsters. Mm, sort of like a Friendster type. Yeah, because uh, I think that was um, a truly great social media platform. And so I think uh, it should be memorialized by being what a podcast calls their listeners. It was one of the, the great initial algorithms. I think perhaps we could call them trend setters. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be a, a nice uh, compliment to their listeners. Or uh, maybe residents of big trend, like Big Bend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I like that. Uh, maybe benefactors. Ooh, like uh, in what's that book with with Pip and Mrs. Havisham? Yeah, that one, that book. And he's her benefactor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, perhaps uh, something like uh, citizens of uh, the trends of days, like the end of days. Mm-hmm. Maybe July's funny people. Ooh, I like that. Okay, so I, um, let's let's vote. Which one do you think is the best? Oh, one more could be okay, uh, yeah. trend me your ears. Okay, there we go. That's it. I don't think we have to vote. Trend me your ears. That's what. That's what trends with benefits should call their listeners from now on, and I hope they do. So me personally, I'm a big trend me your ear myself. I, uh, I listen to this show a lot. It's a good approximation of a chappy cast, I think. Uh, are you a trend me your ear yourself? Yeah, I, I've listened to every episode, I think. Um, they do a great job, but it's a fun, it's a fun podcast. So, uh, but we aren't getting the reviews yet. We're going to save that for a little later. Agatha forgot to mention Hollywood Handbook inter- introduction, Sean. Uh, did I forget to mention anything about you and my introduction? Oh, let's see. We talked about SpaceX and uh, Tesla and Hyperloop and Chappie Cast and Chappie Trees. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, great. We didn't talk about that Solar City thing at all. What is that? Oh, right. That is uh, my my favorite thing actually about Solar City is that it's uh, it's an American provider of energy services headquartered actually in San Mateo, California. And uh, among its primary services, uh, this company designs, finances, and installs solar energy systems and performs energy efficiency audits and retrofits and builds charging stations for electric vehicles and has uh, over 2,500 employees as of December 2012. Great. That completely answers my question. Thank you. Uh, Do you agree with Sean's big head equals more approachable theory? He so it was multiple. It was big head and uh, warm personality, right? Or is he saying that all of those other attributes are descendants of big head? Yeah, I think he was probably saying they were all together, but uh, the, the big head thing kind of stuck out of my mind. You know who who is the among dinosaurs? Who's the most popular among children? Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, probably. Uh, I mean, not that. Uh, is it a specific dinosaur? Like he has a TV show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. that um, and he's purple. Yeah. Yeah. Not the mama. That baby dinosaur from the show Dinosaurs. 
really the most popular dinosaur actually isn't that it's uh and you might not have gotten this because i've got a very good algorithm for finding the most popular dinosaur it's barney oh barney right yes who has a really big head that's true so uh yeah yeah that adds up great so yes and that's just science uh people have to accept that mm-hmm. i'm big into data i get that about you so do you want to hear my, my take on No Accident Borat? Oh, yes. Are you going to uh, repeat yourself when you do it? Yes, I absolutely am. Okay, go for it. Okay, so here we go. King of the castle. King of the castle. <laughs> wow. Uh, I got to go one more time. He says it twice. King of the castle. King of the castle. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's almost better than his oh no 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 don't say that no really i think you've actually maybe even done better machine learning than he has machine learning yeah you're you're improving his no accent borat algorithm and you're actually even double his efficiency at this point i think that means a lot to me coming from you thank you i should do it right oh definitely please do what's up with it vanilla face What's up with it, Vanilla Face? I have to say, you definitely improved on my reading and on Sean's reading. You uh, have the superior algorithm here. Gypsy, give me your tears. <laughs> Gypsy, give me your tears. You see how exponential improvement makes it almost feel like like humans were idiotic in the early incarnations of an idea. And uh, it kind of strips away the whole need for the accent in the first place. Mm-hmm. We've just moved past it. Now, if you go back and watch Borat, it's going to seem so elementary. And so uh, it's going to seem like, like uh, medical procedures from the 1600s. <laughs> and it's also going to be weird because he only says things once, except for when he says King of the Castle. <laughs> but he, he only says King of the Castle twice once. True. Oh, you know what? I think, I think my algorithm just came up with a, an improvement even. Okay. In my country, they would go crazy for these two. In my country, they would go crazy for these two. In my country, they would go crazy for these two. Now, how about that? How was that? Okay, so you do it three times instead of two times. Yeah, the, the data actually shows that three is, is better than two in this case. So listeners, uh, I don't have a name for you, but if any of my listeners could just write in and let me know, was, was the three times repeating a, a better version of the joke or what do you think i can actually just look up i have this app that connects to a bunch of a bunch of chappies running on a computing cluster in okay. uh, in southern california and i can ask ten thousand virtual individuals simultaneously any question and get their answers and uh, i have done it and uh 98 say three times is better than one and the other two percent are uh computational mistakes okay well then it's settled don't send me any emails please so what is your opinion on combo sh shower bathtubs? Well, when I was initially starting my first company, Zip2, with my brother Kimball, we actually lived together at the office, and uh, we, we would bathe at the YMCA. And there they had dedicated showers. They didn't have baths attached. Um, I'm a big bath person, so what I would try to do is uh, put a bunch of towels over the drains in the shower. <laughs> And then it kind of fills up and I'm able to take a bath. So really, I, I find showers redundant. I think baths are a significant improvement on showers. 
It's okay. much more natural. That's an interesting take. So you're saying don't have the shower at all, just the bathtubs. Yes, I think Hayes is correct and Sean was wrong. Uh, but Hayes didn't quite get all the way there. Uh-huh. Uh, Sean is completely wrong um, for wanting the, the, the solution that solves two problems is never as good as the solution that solves one problem. And he's trying to solve the bath and the shower problem without realizing the bigger truth that uh, showers are redundant. What's yeah. your opinion on it? Well, I, I kind of side with Hayes on this one, but so in my bathroom, I got just the shower and then the kids have the combo bathtub and shower. And, uh, that's the way I like it. I, I would I would prefer to just have the shower. Do you ever shower in the other shower? No, I never. I actually never have the entire time we've lived here. Isn't that we, you? You own it, and you've never showered in it. That's so weird. Yeah, I, I don't want to get any kind of uh, kid germs on me or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any pets? Yes, actually, I. Uh... I have a long history with pets. 10 years ago, uh, I had seven cats, which is actually uh, slightly more than Sean, if I remember correctly. Uh, so even, even 10 years ago, I was ahead of where Sean is now. And uh, then I had 20 dogs. And uh, at this point in 2015, I actually have uh, 80 horses. Do you want their names? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely want their names. Please uh, name them for me. Okay, I'll go in order. Uh, Teresa, Nikki, Steve, Liam, Claire, Bailey, Crystal, Carrie, Jim, Jesus, Jesus, Robin, Bell, Lord, Lordy, Logan, Run, Cleopatra, Pharaoh, Pat, Benatar, Kathleen, Katie, Joseph, Uncle, Tom, Angelica, Houston, Andy, and Kaufman. And I stopped naming them after those. (laughs) So you said, I'm going to name 30 of these horses, but after that, it's just too many. Right. My uh, naming algorithm actually is not there yet, but in a year I expect to be able to name 60 of them. And then in 10 years, it'll actually be over 10 million that I can name. Plus, if you've got to eat them later, you don't want to name them. Mm, I love horse meat. So do you think that uh, maybe in 10 years you'll you'll have uh, maybe 200 elephants or something? Mm, in... Five years, I'm planning on having about 150 elephants. In 10 years, it's act, it's a little bit hard to predict. I, wh- what I expect to happen is in five years, I'm going to have about 200 elephants. In about seven years, I'm going to have about 150 blue whales. Uh, I'll have to build pools uh, for them. And then in 10 years, I'm going to have to genetically engineer a bigger animal to own and eat. And there's some very interesting R&D happening in, in this sector, uh, research and development. Sorry if I uh, get a little inside baseball. And uh, what I'm looking at now is uh, it turns out that cats are actually the easiest thing to make bigger. You have uh, house cats, you have bobcats, and you have lions, and you have even tigers. So cats are very flexible in size. So it's, it's really it's just a matter of taking the difference between a house cat and a tiger and just multiply it by 10, multiply it by 100, multiply it by 1,000, and you'll get a new type of cat that's uh, bigger than a house. That's amazing. I can't wait to see those. 
And they'll all be making their own podcast by then. Okay, this is going to be kind of a dumb question, so please... Uh, oh, well, yeah. Please excuse me for it. But do you ever get on the deep web? <laughs> oh, the deep web. I have uh, deep connections with the deep web, actually. I have a dedicated line from the secret deep web server in Houston, Texas, that runs to my mansion in Los Angeles. Uh, and that is a dedicated dark fiber line that carries the deep web. And what I do there is... Uh, I just sort of spitball ideas. I, I check out things. Are you, what, are you familiar with how the deep web works? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, you get on that thing Tor and then mm -hmm. uh, there's like onions and things. Yeah, Tor uh, is the onion router. That's, that's a, like, a, like a Shrek thing maybe? I don't know. Donkey! Kind of. Uh, so what happens is there's this website called the Silk Road where you can uh, purchase uh, anything and you purchase things with Bitcoin. And uh, it's this wonderful free market concept where there's literally no regulation except market regulation. And there's nothing except reputation and there's no police. There's no anything. There's no enforcement beyond market forces. And it's really a, a wonderful thing. I've started selling Teslas, the, the next version of the Tesla, that I'm not going to be able to sell legally for about 10 years uh, until our lawyer algorithms come around. I'm selling them on the uh, Silk Road now, actually. So maybe for my uh, SpaceX trip, I should have uh, gone to Silk Road for this. Yeah, we sell on the Silk Road space flight, space travel for they're they're running. A, it's an auction system, uh, so the price varies, but they generally run about a thousand bitcoins. Okay, which works out to about a million British pounds sterling. So, what would you say is your trend specialty? Like uh, Agata was more up on the slang and stuff like that. Uh, July is into internet stuff. Um, Gabe is the old guy. Where where would your specialty be when it comes to the trends? Uh, between those three? Well, I mean, <laughs> I would say I'm 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 closest. Actually, you might peg me more as a uh, an internet technology type trend person in, in those three roles. And really, I'm actually closer to Agata's. Um, you know, I use the term on fleek pretty regularly and I say yas a lot and uh, I'm big into emojis and Facebook stickers and uh, really just, you know, things like that of that nature. I'm about 20 years ahead of the rest of the world at this point in terms of emojis. And I think I'd probably be more like in the podcast arena. I know all the things that are going on with those. What's the most exciting uh, advancement in podcasts coming in the next 12 months? And the then the most exciting, and the, also the most exciting advancement coming in the next 10 years. Well, of course, I'm looking forward to the whole algorithm thing and uh, all of these computer-made podcasts. Um, I can't wait until I can just listen to those all the time. Uh, but in the short term, something I've really been like looking into with a great interest is combining podcasts <clears throat> with different activities. So say, for instance, you know, most people will put on their podcast while they're doing the dishes or something like that. But let's say uh, you're a surgeon, maybe, and, you know, you go to put in a heart, but you've also got a, a couple set, a minute, you know, an hour or so where you could be listening to uh, Todd Glass. Or uh, let's say if, if you want to get into uh, some sexy time with your special lady, you just put on that Mark Marin and suddenly uh you know you're what the fucking 
are we uh are we allowed to rehash our own twitter jokes on this podcast <laughs> you want don't uh, start okay yeah no i'm really looking forward to having more of your tweets from this week be retold as as jokes on this podcast <laughs> you're getting oh no what i love about it is you're getting uh 2x the benefit of these jokes exactly it's, really, it's an exponential growth in the the impact of every joke thank you so what oh. type of what type of podcast might i put on when i'm riding uh my proto giant cats around um in that case i think you might want to go with uh this podcast called sawbones uh, where they, they talk about like uh, medical history and the crazy things that have gone on um, in the past. But, you know, sometimes a real information will get through. So in, just in case uh, one of your giant cats goes feral or something um, and you have to deal with a, a wound, maybe some information will, will have seeped into your brain from that podcast. Mm, okay. And then to reverse the question, a similar question, what activity would best be paired with um, the Alton Brown cast? Okay, the Alton Brown cast. You would think I would say cooking, but that's a little too on the nose. When it, when you come to Alton Brown, well, I've got to say it's right there in the name. Uh, when, when, you're, when you've got a little time to spend <laughs> in the bathroom, just make sure your phone does not need to be charged because there probably isn't going to be any plugs in there. You know, just put in your headphones and listen to it there and you'll be able to get two things done at once. Uh, and are you worried about if you have your headphones on that you're you're not going to be able to know when you're done by the sound of the flush? That's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know if that's something that people need to necessarily worry about, but... Um, mm, you're in Michigan. You haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I guess not. Um, so so the, the toilets flush themselves? They, they sense when you're done and... Right. It's a very simple procedure. All you have to do is get um, sort of like uh, matrix nodes installed in your lower back. And then that allows a constant x-ray of your intestinal uh, situation to be done. And then uh, you're actually able to, at this point uh, in California, you're able to have an 8x efficiency gain in, uh, in fecal passing. And then uh, it lets you know by flushing that you've completed and then uh, it'll wipe your area for you um your mm, butt hole and then you know you're done and we actually have uh we're working on a new version that actually provides 16x efficiency gains so in that case i would say just uh listen to the podcast on speaker mode um just so you can hear when the toilet flushes you know what now i'm thinking there might be a great integration here with chappy cast where uh we can use machine learning to know in the podcast itself when you're done and then uh maybe they can talk about um how you're done <laughs> in the podcast that's a great idea and i can't wait for that to be the thing and i can't wait for these uh innovations and toilet technology to make it to michigan so how do you feel about your haters? The thing about my haters is that intellectually, they're really not even capable of uh, affecting me in, in a way that I would even notice. So I'm aware I have haters in the same way that uh, someone like you might, um, there might be dogs that bark at you a lot. Uh, if they dogs, you're the type of person dogs don't like. It's kind of like that for me where um, they say things and I ignore them. And I'm able to do that because I do have Beats by Dre headphones. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I have any haters, but if I had any, I would definitely uh, use them to motivate me. And I think Sean's right on the money when he says that he loves his haters. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so fascinating because you wouldn't think of, of haters as being a positive aspect of your life in that way. But it's, it's a real great way to sort of improve your efficiency gains. It's a great algorithm for dealing with haters to have them motivate you instead of bring you down. So a lot of times when we listen to podcasts uh, on Podcasts are Wonderful, we, we hear their segments that they have that they repeat, and we you know, go ahead and take a crack at them and uh, try them out here on the show. And when we do that, we use the exact questions from on the podcast because that's much easier. So we're going to go ahead and give a try to uh, ask Agata. Mm, fashion. So, yes, the question is, dear Elon, uh, technically she said dear Agata, but since we don't have Agata on the show. Uh, do we have Do we have the, the, the intro song for Ask Elon? Uh, let's, what is it like? Uh, ask Elon is a board certified. No, no, we don't have it. <laughs> Uh, if this was a chappy cast, we could just create it on the spot. Yeah. If only. I can't wait. So, dear Elon, I'm a very plain person, and I don't enjoy shopping. I would like to add a little more style to my appearance. Any advice on how I can look cooler or learn to be more stylish? Any tips on making shopping less painful? I think I have a little uh, idea of where you're going to go with this, but go right ahead. What do you think I'm going to say? I would think maybe there's some kind of an algorithm that someone could use to find clothes easier, maybe on the deep web. I think you're getting the hang of this, Greggy. <laughs> so we're working on a really exciting new product called Chaps. And they're a type of chap pants that's actually used. They use a machine learning algorithm to change color intelligently to uh, maximize your style points so so you, you, what we have to do is we have to take style which is a very multi-dimensional vector space and project it into a single dimensional vector space to be able to run some basic optimizations on it and uh we just the optimis we, we chose to just optimize color for v1 and so they're able to change color uh depending on the situation and we call them chaps uh which is a sort of a clever play on chappy and Basically, they can improve uh, your your style efficiency by up to 10x, and they will be available starting in about 2040. Hmm. I don't have any algorithm uh, advice for anyone, but the way I usually shop at clothes is I run into a store, uh, find the first acceptable thing to my sense of style, and I buy that immediately, and I hope that it fits when I get home. Uh, so that's a great way to make shopping less stressful because you just don't think about it at all. Now, Greggy, I think I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. What you just described is an algorithm. Oh, wow. You described a process by which you have an input and then you have a series of actions and an output and you describe your algorithm for shopping. Well, there we go. Wow. It's not a good one. <laughs> It's one of perhaps the top 10 worst algorithms I've ever heard. I mean, there's no sense in it. There's no design in it. There's no art to how it optimizes. There's, you didn't even talk about vector spaces, honestly. Uh, but you have an algorithm. Well, I mean, just knowing that I have an algorithm is all that uh, I needed. That, that really makes me feel great. So that was the Ask Agata. Uh, let's see. What, what did Agata say? 
Oh, she said to uh, base your style on someone whose look you enjoy, that you think is good. Uh, I think that's a pretty okay advice. Uh, maybe I'll go with that advice. Mm-hmm. What I do is when, I, when I'm over for brunch at my friend Mark Shuttleworth's house, I excuse myself. I say I need to go make an Alton Brown cast. And then <laughs> I go into his bedroom and I take his pants. That's another great way to do it. Mm-hmm. And they say uh, across the butt, they say Ubuntu, uh, and then they have different versions of, of Ubuntu in there. Uh, do you have any good roasts for Justin Bieber? Oh, <laughs> uh, I might try to, th- my, my algorithm might be something like, uh, look at something that is, uh, silly or abnormal about him and then uh, maybe make a pun based on that. So just thinking out loud here, he kind of has a high pitched singing voice, which is a little weird and, and you could definitely sort of make fun of that. So, and his name is, is Justin Bieber and he has a song called baby. So I might say something like, did you name that song baby after your own voice or something? <laughs> oh man. Ooh, I hope he doesn't hear this because I think he might cry. Mm. What, uh, what, what would you do? Let's see. I would, um, first of all, I would look and see who all was on the, the Diaz there and, and uh, maybe I would make fun of those people first. Um, let's see, who, who might be on there? Selena Gomez. Oh, no, they were broken up, so she wouldn't be there. Let's see. Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if she was there anyway? That's a good point. So maybe she's there, and I would say, hey, don't you have some magic to be doing over on Waverly Place, Selena? And then she would be devastated. And then I would look over at Shaq, and I'd say, whoa, hey, buddy. Why are you so tall? How do you think Shaq gets new shoes? Because none of his friends have the same shoe size as him. I'm not sure if he wears them. Oh, his feet just look like that? (laughs) Yes. Let's see. Who else might be there? Uh, Aziz Ansari. I'd say, Aziz, I'm sorry that I have to say these mean jokes about you, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) Oh. And then I go on to the main course, Justin Bieber. Oh, you don't want to do like a uh, like a Whitney Cummings? Oh my God, I don't even want to say it. Uh, my wife is in the other room, and I don't want to scandalize her ears. So then uh, I'd say, Justin Bieber, you ever notice you look kind of like a girl? <laughs> and then I would just pick up the mic off of the the, the mic stand and just drop it on the ground, and uh, probably be es- escorted out by security at that point because I was not invited to this roast. How how did you get there? <laughs> uh, I it must have been like algorithms or something that got me in because you know we were talking about it and then I was there. Yeah, you could have um, an algorithm that figures out what the security guard's favorite dessert is, and then you could bring that dessert and say, "I'll give you this. Um, I'll give you this lemon bar if you uh, if you." let me in and then i predict that that would work with about 75 percent certainty what would be the strangest color for a chicken in your opinion so you you probably want me to give some funny color off of the rainbow like indigo or uh green right something like that yeah Um, if, if it was up to me i would ask for you to say something like like a red an orange a yellow a green a blue an indigo or a violet Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, you would be mistaken uh, if you thought 
that because uh, I like to uh, think outside of the box a little bit. And uh, there are these colors that you can't even see that they're just sort of um, ideas where uh, the eye can trick the brain into thinking it exists even when it doesn't. And there's one where it's a, a black that's darker than black, but it's also blue and they're called unseeable colors. And uh, I learned about them from my priest. And I think if a chicken was that color, that's probably, I would be most surprised. So, so would the, the chicken be like invisible then, or would it just be? No, invisible is a color from the rainbow. These aren't even on the rainbow. Well, would your, would your brain be able to know that there's a chicken there or uh, you, you said it's an unseeable color. Would it, would your eyes just kind of bounce off it and you wouldn't, be able to process it at all you would know you would feel that there's a ch- chicken there you would sort of have the idea of this chicken is here and based on that information your brain could react in any number of ways and uh i don't have a good algorithm to decide what i would do eat it oh definitely yeah you like to eat animals anyway so mm. <laughs> the best animal is a dead animal inside of a burrito what's your favorite type of meat to put into a burrito Oh, probably chicken. Okay, Um, topical. I'd prefer to be able to see the chicken in my burrito, but I guess if I was eating it, I wouldn't necessarily have to look at it. Right, because it's actually surrounded by a tortilla. I think uh, it would be pretty weird for a chicken to be clear, maybe still have its eyes and its beak hanging in the air, but otherwise uh, you couldn't see it at all. Kind of like a a cartoon. Mm Mm-hmm. It would be funny if it was dark and all you saw was its eyes and you go, okay, that's pretty normal. That's pretty normal. You see its eyes, maybe its beak, but then you turn the lights on and the surprise is that there's not actually a chicken there. That's actually a 2X improvement on your idea right there. (laughs) Good job. So are you more of a Colin Mockery or a Brad Sherwood? They're both Canadian or just Colin is Canadian? I think they might both be Canadian. Oh, so I, I'm Canadian, so I would just say whichever one is Canadian, that's that's me. Okay. Although I, I would say, actually, I'm, I'm a Brad because Sherwood Forest reminds me of wood, which reminds me of space elevators. <laughs> okay. What what are you? I, I kind of think of myself more as a Wayne Brady. Um, that isn't one of the, the choices, though. Wow, that you just thought out so far outside of the box. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. Do you want to make a company based on that? Or can I have it? <laughs> Maybe we could go in together on this. Do you want to move to California? I absolutely want to move to California. Okay. What would the company be called? I'm thinking Bra- Brady X. I was thinking about making it something based on Wayne Brady, but then I thought maybe he would not be uh, too happy about that. Are we going to bring him on board as well? Hmm. Do you know him? Uh, I haven't ever had him on the podcast yet, but we've sent a few, few emails back and forth. I don't think I've seen him since uh, three months ago when I was having a potluck at Sergey Brin's bungalow. And then he was sort of singing and he was great. And I gave him some ideas on how he could improve his rhyming efficiency by 30%. And uh, he seemed to not like me. (laughs) Well, that's too bad. Uh, Maybe we won't be able to bring him on board then. That's just as well because I have no idea what this company would do. You don't have to know. It just has to be innovative and you'll get there so the innovation is instead of this dichotomy between sherwood and mockery there's a third option maybe even a fourth what would the fourth option be what would the 18th what would the 18th option be in this question i think when you get up to 18 we're looking at like uh aisha tyler maybe Mm, 
do you just is there a racial thing there no because i i think she's uh she was brought on board for the reboot of the uh the, the show yeah but you okay all right look i'll test this what uh, what would the 30th option be like a colton dunn maybe i think it would be a, a small a southern child who hasn't been born yet <laughs> I can I say, Greggy. Uh, initially, I thought you were just another, just another interviewer who would ask me a bunch of dumb questions, and I would be very easily be able to just introduce concepts that you wouldn't be able to follow. But you've really started to blow my mind with your ability to sort of think outside the box and innovate and uh, surprise me. And I, I didn't even consider that. Uh, I was limiting myself to to improvisers and comedians, and you went right to people who don't even exist yet. What what would the hundredth option be? Could it be a dog? I think, but when we get up to the hundreds, we're talking about we finally got into the ants. Oh wow! What about space ants? I don't know. Are you allowed to put them up there by then, or will you be sued for murdering? Spa- oh, you're so wrong about space ants. Space <laughs> ants are come from space. Well, see, there you go. Um, I'm ahead on some things, way behind on others. So who do you think was best in the hoedown? Uh, Agata didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Sean came in on the, came in on the Z, on the negative one beat. Uh, he was way off. And then uh, I think Gabe was the best, right? Or wait, no, let me. Okay, I'm confused finding myself again i think space ants were the best <laughs> wow way to go um, i'm gonna say agata was because she's my friend and <laughs> she might hear this at some point in the future so she was number one with a bullet you know i actually uh oh is that a what band is that uh, number one with the bullet dun, 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 talking about it. oh yeah 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 what band is that yeah, I, I can think of the, the the song, but I can't think of the the band. Mm, okay. Um, I actually have a friend who was on an unreleased episode of Trends, and he was telling me about how the hoedown went, and uh, Agata didn't do it. She didn't try. She sat out, uh, <laughs> which is literally the biggest disappointment I've ever heard. <laughs> I think she's well, I can't afra- wait to hear that. Yeah, she's afraid of um I think her dad judged her harshly on her hoedown. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. But she's a good friend. She's Canadian. Oh, yeah. And she's so Californian, my basically me. So you have an instant connection. Yeah, she wasn't born in South Africa, which I I was born in South Africa. You can probably tell by my very subtle accent. Right. South Africa. So did you learn anything from this episode of Trends with Benefits? No. I, I hadn't heard about the pink chickens. That um, sounds dirty, right? Uh, yeah, you can make it sound dirty if you try. That's like a body part? Sometimes people say choking the chicken, and that means something dirty. Oh, so a pink chicken would be like a uh, like, like a, a, a dog phallus. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it, every animal's penis could be described uh, using a different animal. Wow, what what efficiencies could we do on animal penises? Can you imagine? What are the limitations right now of animal penises? Well, there there's sort of a taboo against bestiality. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that, that... Oh, that uh, Michigan is pretty far back. 
<laughs> so in California, that's not such a big deal. Yeah, my eighty horses and I are very intimate. Oh, Cleopatra wow. in particular is my favorite. <laughs> no, the limitation with animal penises is that only male animals have them. Oh, that's a great point. Imagine if we could put animal penises on female animals. That's a two x improvement in number that'd, of animal penises. Really great, and maybe uh, the penises from some animals onto different animals. Oh. Oh, imagine a blue whale penis. Oh, wow. On a horse, multiple penises on a single yeah, animal. Exactly. I, that was going to be my next thing. Like that guy on Reddit. Wow. He's really getting it done then. Yeah. It's a 2x efficiency gain in number of penises. Uh, so we don't usually uh, do this, but if folks want to get a hold of Sean, uh, he was the guest on this podcast and he's a really funny guy. Uh, just go ahead and give him, DM him on Twitter. Uh, his address is at mean banana boner 6969 um so he'll get back to you right away and that brings us to the end of my notes so before we get to ratings is there anything else you'd like to say about trends with benefits what what did we decide the fans were called uh trend me your ears okay so all the trend me your ears is out there make sure to listen to the next episode my my good friend is going to be on it and uh there's only a 50% chance that it's going to be embarrassing. So definitely listen to that. And so that brings us to rating. We all know podcasts are the best, so let's rate this show from 1 to 10. But don't go too low when you rate, my friend, because then one more wouldn't make much sense. It's So on podcasts are wonderful. We have a one to 10 rating scale uh, where one is the worst and 10 is the best. Elon, you might not like this because I'm, I am limiting things, but I would really prefer if we stayed in the eights, nines and tens because uh, currently human beings make these podcasts and they put a lot of work into them. And uh, rating a podcast less than an eight would be like saying, I wish you didn't have multiple penises uh, for optimization purposes. Ooh. I think you do not deserve as sort of efficiency. Um, so we really try to keep it in the eights and nines and tens. You know what? I'm, I uh, forgive me. I'm going to try to make a, uh, a 10 X improvement here. What if we only rated them between uh, 97 and a hundred? Okay. Yeah, we can do that this week. It's a, it's a rating scale from one to a hundred. One is the worst. 10 is the 100 is the best. And we're going to stay right in the 97, 98 and 90. No, 98, 99 and 100 range. Perfect. So what would you, Elon Musk, give Trends with Benefits, episode 14 featuring Gabe Dannon, Magana Monica, July Diaz, and Sean Clements? Okay, I'm just crunching the numbers here on my phone. It looks like it works out to a, a 99. Okay, great. And I just can't wait... When Chappie casts come out and get good, it's really going to, you're going to have to have more numbers to rate. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be a one to a thousand. I, I can see that. But for now, one to a hundred is acceptable. And I think this is a 99 out of a hundred. That's what I said, right? Uh-huh. And I'm going to agree with you. I think that's a good score. Trends with Benefits is a great show. I think my listeners should go and give it a try. Uh, Hayes Davenport and Sean Clements have both been on. And those are two of my favorite comedians. So I think you'll enjoy that. So yeah, go and listen to the Trends with Benefits. Uh, Elon, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap it up tonight? I, I really want everyone to know about 
how uh, thinking outside of the box really drives innovation. And I don't want people to think about 10%. I want people to think about uh, 2x, 8x, 100x solutions. And uh, you're going to be seeing some really exciting things uh, in the future. And I just want everyone to be ready for that and uh, ready for the future where everyone is my son or a chappie. And uh, Greggy, I really want to thank you for having me on and enjoy your last 10 years of being a human podcaster. The other thing I would say to the listeners is make sure you get in your calcium, drink your milk. Your bones are going to be really important to the space elevator in the future. So just take good care of yourselves for the future's sake. Uh, and thank you for listening. We will talk. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.